to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 160, and today we are talking about books being released on May 29th, 2018, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my sister in sarcasm, Amanda Nelson, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. <laughs> I don't ever described me like that before. That's so good. Oh, well, excellent. <laughs> I need to tell you a short brief story about my day, which is okay. that I went to my little kind of new independent bookstore. I live on the south side of Richmond and we didn't have an indie for like I've lived here for 15 years and I don't think there's ever been one. And it just opened a few years ago. And, I, and they know me and like they know that I work with Book Riot and they have read the site and all that. But then when I came in today, there was a new employee and she was like, um, well, she's relatively new. Uh, and she was asking me all about the podcast and about you and about like who was going to be hosting it. I was like, <laughs> Liberty, she's so famous. Like She's famous up and down the East Coast all across the world. <laughs> she was probably more like, do I have to get my shots to be close to this woman? Has she ever met, she <laughs> ever met contagious? in person? <laughs> I'm not. It's oh, a very nice store. Thank you for that's existing. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. There are so many great indies. It's amazing. I wish I could figure out a way for someone to finance it so that I could just travel around the country and visit all of them. Which is like, I think, every bookworm's dream. Like, yeah. Like, throwing yeah. anything out there that, you know, other people wouldn't want. I mean, unless you don't like to travel. But I, there are so many that I still have not seen. But um, we will get to them. Uh, you know, And speaking of indie bookstores... You still have time to register to win a $500 gift card to the bookstore of your choice. So you go to bookriot.com slash bookstore 500 to enter. You have until June 21st to do that. And you could win a $500 gift card. And then you could go to whatever bookstore you wanted. Which is exciting. And also, like, please, we're begging you, show us what you buy. <laughs> I just can't imagine, like, uh, splashing that kind of money at a bookstore I, and then, like, walking out with your arms full. I would just have to film the whole thing for, like, posterity. <laughs> yeah, like a little helmet cam. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, what is, what are the, GoPro. Wear a yeah. GoPro when you go do this, please. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, like, I want to know what goes into it. Like, do you plan it out ahead of time? Is it, like, supermarket sweep? Are you like, <laughs> these are the things that are worth the most that I want? Or, like... Do you just go in and be like, I'm just going to decide while I'm here? Mm. I bet a lot of people don't spend it all at once. I am not one of those people. Oh, I so? give certificates to a bookstore and I spend it all right then. Like When I worked at a bookstore, I could not believe the number of people who were like, I have a balance on this. I'm like, what? Yeah. What are you even saying? <laughs> what, what's a ba- balance? What is that? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't understand these words. <laughs> My book register receipts are like as long as CVS receipts. It's like... Psh- Spend it all right now. So, all right. Now that we've talked about that, I'm all excited. I want to go book shopping. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just did, as I said. So uh, (gasps) my itch has been scratched. Super jealous. But I will tell you about some awesome books that I read. How about that? Fair. All right. I'm going to open with Calypso by David Sedaris. Very funny man. Adore him. This is his new collection of essays. They're basically centered around aging... His life, what it's like at this period with his family and his friends and his husband. Uh, And they're damn funny. But, like, also, they will break your heart because it's real talk. You know, he doesn't hold back. He doesn't pull any punches about his thoughts, whether they're nice or ugly about things. But also, he's just so damn funny. 
Um, he has, he, at this point in life, he has acquired a beach house. He had, uh, five siblings when he was growing up and he, and he talks, or excuse me, four siblings growing up. And he talks about this a bit, um, because one of his, uh, sisters passed away. Uh, she committed suicide. And so he talks about like, do he, does he still say I have four siblings when people ask him how many he has? Or do I say I have three and I have a sister who, like it's, he goes into that talking about it, but he's acquired a beach house for everyone to gather at, including his father, who is 92 and goes to spin class. Like, I don't go to spin class, and I'm not that old. Like, whoa. Hard his dad, His dad is, like, pretty awesome. Um, and he talks about, like, how he's at an age where he needs to be getting all these tests done, and his father's on his case about it, and he doesn't want to do it. Um, and about when he finally does go for these tests. And like, he talks about the death of his sister, and also about his mother, who who died, uh, like, 30 years ago. Um, and what it's like to join now as a family and have these people missing from their lives. Um, he also talks about other things, like his Fitbit obsession. He actually, he came to River Run in 2014 when I was still working there. And he tried this piece out on us. Which is an amazing thing to watch. Like, he'll read you a, a work in progress. And after each line, he makes, like, a little note. And I think he's, like, writing down, like, that went over well, or that fell flat, or I didn't like how that sounded, or I want to change this wording. And so you have to, like, sit and wait for him to, after each sentence. Like, he makes a little a little note. But you get to hear, like, early material, which is great. Um, so he talks about, like, how he's obsessed with his Fitbit, and he lives in England, and he walks, like, 60,000 steps a day, which takes him, like, nine hours, and he's having the best time. And um, he's really good. He's, like, the king of the humble brag. Um, he really likes to mention how much money he has and how much money he spends on things. Um, but he's also very conscious of his privilege. And if you've ever read any of his older stories or if you've read his diaries, which came out last year, you know that he wasn't always, he wasn't always privileged like that. He didn't always uh, have this kind of money. And so he's kind of like a kid with it, you know, he's like having the best time that he can, you know, now that, that he's come into wealth. Um, he's occasionally shocking and dirty. Um, if you've ever seen him in person, he's ridiculously filthy, uh, which was just hilarious. I had no idea the first time I saw him read, I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he will write, like, if you ask him to, it, like, keep this in mind if you're going to one of his new signings, at least he used to, um, he will write whatever filthy, gross thing that you ask him to write in your book, or you can ask him, I watched him do this several times, uh, you can ask him to write something ridiculously dirty or filthy in your book, and he will. Um, and it's pretty impressive. Uh, he's also sometimes just very strange and gross. There is a part with a turtle um, that was like, oh my goodness. Uh, but mostly, they're just these incredibly wry observations about life about, and now, like, about mortality, and, you know, how he has less of it, and, um, you know, or not less mortality, but less time left, <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, just, like I said, sometimes it's, like, so, so sad, and then sometimes you will just run into the next room to tell everyone what you were reading. There is this one thing where he describes at the beginning, uh, his sister, uh, is a sleepwalker, and she eats things in her sleep, and, he talks about what she told him she ate while she was sleepwalking, and I was crying. I was laughing so hard, and I had to share it with my boyfriend, who also laughed until he cried. Um, he's just, he's really funny. Like, but you know that if you know David Sedaris. Uh, and I, I, actually, I would say, if you haven't read David Sedaris, that this might not be 
your jumping off point. Like, you know, I think you should go back and read something older first. Um, but this, like, it is hilarious. Uh, so, again, it is called Calypso, and it is by David Sedaris. Okay. Was that, like, a 20-minute explanation? Huh? I was, like, in a fugue. Was that, like, a 20-minute explanation? <laughs> I mean, he's got so much, but you put in a nice story about how he reads to your audience, like, the audiences. <laughs> that was a nice, that was a good segue. I accidentally stumbled into a David Sedaris reading once when I was in New York. He was at uh, McNally Jackson. It was for the mm-hmm. last book. Um, and I like just wandered in to buy books as one does at a bookstore. And then I heard this voice coming from the downstairs where they do their events <laughs> and stuff. And I was like, I know that voice and everyone is laughing. Who is that? And then I realized who it was and was like, can I sneak in? They would not let me. That was, <gasps> yeah, it's all right. But That's you know, sad. but like I, look, I, he's really short. And so I looked, tried to like lean over to see him and I couldn't see him past all the yeah, no. movies, but, um, <laughs> But his he voice talks carries. about being short in his book. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. All right. Um, so this is a completely different this is a left turn <laughs> we're going to talk about now. My first pick is from Twinkle with Love by Sandhya Menon, which came out on the 22nd. Um, a lot of my books that I'm talking about today came out like random times this month, but that's fine because I can do what I want. Um, and this is the second book uh, from Menon. Her first book was When Dimple Met Rishi that came out last year that was a big, huge success, or two years ago, rather. It was a big success. Um, and From Trinkle with Love is a follow-up to that novel. It is not connected to When Dimple Met Rishi at all. So the, these are not like the same characters. This is an entirely different, it's not a different universe because these are all YA contemporaries that just sort of take place in California or wherever, um, but not the same people. So Twinkle is the main character and she is a high school student who is an aspiring filmmaker. And the book is told through a series of letters um, and a few like texts and diary entries, but mostly letters that she's writing to her hero, who is a female filmmaker who she really, whose work she really loves. And she's writing them in her diary, these letters uh, about her life. Um, to this woman. And so she, when the book opens, she's lost her best friend of many years to like the more popular crowd. And so she's kind of lonely. Um, Her best friend has started hanging out with those girls and not hanging out with her. She has a crush on a boy named Neil from afar that she has done nothing about. And mostly she's just trying to figure out how to showcase her talents as a filmmaker and a director. Um, And then Neil's brother, Sahil, his twin brother, Sahil, uh, offers her the chance to work with him to direct his movie for for an upcoming summer film festival. And she is, like, all over it. Because not only is this a great opportunity for her to, you know, show off her skills, but she also kind of feels like if she becomes close to Sahil, she can get at his brother in this very sneaky kind of way. Um, And then a mysterious person who only signs his emails with the letter N starts emailing her, and she thinks, of course, that it's Neil who is emailing her, and she thinks, oh my gosh, this is about to happen, this is like my happily ever after. And then all of these love shapes start happening. So you think, oh, this is like a weird love triangle, because of course Sahil starts to fall for her, um, but she still wants to go out with Neil, and now she thinks that Neil is emailing her, but is he really? And so then there's this triangle, but then another element comes in, so it really becomes this kind of odd love square. <laughs> but it's super, super cute. And if Sihil is very much in the same vein um, as Rishi from When Diplomat Rishi in as much as he's just a cinnamon roll and you just kind of want to like squish his cheeks, you know, like just squeeze his cheeks. I'm, I'm a, such a parent. Like you can tell that I'm <laughs> you're so cute um, and like nice and kind and respectful and just a really, really good, good Boy, I don't know. Like, he's a great character. And they are adorable together. Um, but, I mean, so, like, those love shapes are happening. But it is also it is also really still 
a novel about a young girl discovering what she's really good at and going off and, and like making that thing happen while also acknowledging that, you know, teen girls have crushes and like, that's real. That's a thing that happens. It's okay. We can talk about it. Um, and yeah, so it's like a very feel good, sweet kind of, um, so great read for summer, I think. So yeah, from, from Twinkle with Love by Sandhya Menon. I need to start getting more sleep because you were like, and she has a crush on a boy named Neil from afar. I was like, from afar, that's not his last name. <laughs> like, name. what? <laughs> oh, from, from afar. <laughs> I need to sleep more. Um, <laughs> let me tell you about our first sponsor. Today is sponsored by Penguin Random House Audio. They are getting into book clubs. They've got some great recommendations. And if you need something new for your next book club meeting, try listening to a book. Penguin Random House Audio has the book for you. If you need a beach read, listen hands-free to titles like The High Season by Judy Blundell and Best Beach Ever by Wendy Wax. You can visit tryaudiobooks.com slash bookriot for a free audiobook download of Blood Kiss by J.R. Ward and start listening today. You can check them out across social media at PRH Audio. And we thank them for sponsoring. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my next pick is going to do another another serious left turn. <laughs> um, very, very serious. Uh, this one, I it actually came out several weeks ago. I did not have a chance to read it until now. Um, it's called The Sun Does Shine, How I Found Life and Freedom on Death Row by Anthony Ray Hinton. Um, it does deal with the subject of execution and uh, murder, so you might want to skip ahead if that's something that uh, you don't want to listen to. Um, Anthony Ray Hinton was sentenced to death for two murders in Alabama. Um, He spent 30 years in prison. Uh, The thing is, is that he didn't commit them. He was in his late 20s when he was arrested for them. He spent 30 years in an Alabama jail in solitary um, basically the victim of a broken racist justice system. Uh, like I said, he was in his late 20s when he was arrested. Um, and even though he was at work at the time, which could be proven, um, even though the man who turned him in and said that he committed these crimes was a man uh, who was angry that, that Hinton was dating the woman that he wanted to go out with, and also collected the $5,000 reward he got for turning him in, like, he was still convicted. Like, he had a terrible lawyer. He managed not to have any of those points brought up in in trial. It basically seemed like everybody was just happy to, like, put him away and not want to hear about it. Uh, And he ended up spending 30 years living 30 feet from the death chamber. Um, And over those 30 years, he saw 59 people go into that room and not come out. Um... And in reading this book, learning about, you know, death row inmates and death row inmates who are cleared by DNA evidence based on the large percentage of death row inmates who are cleared by DNA evidence at this point, um, a a lot of those people were innocent. Uh, So it's, it's, his story is amazing because um, the people in his life were amazing. He had a best friend who never missed a single week of visitations in all of the 30 years. And he kept telling everyone that he could that his friend was innocent. He sent letters. Um, Hinton himself sent letters. Uh, and word finally got to Brian Stevenson, who you might recognize. He wrote the book Just Mercy. He's a lawyer, deals in um, you know wrongfully uh, convicted uh, sentences for the death penalty, uh, and uh, he you know handles you know a lot of clients in a system that just doesn't care. 
Um, and it's, you know, basically the, the people um, who convicted, not the people who convicted him, and the people who uh, worked in the prison, none of them believed that Anthony Ray Hinton, you know, they all took Brian Stevenson aside and said, we don't think that he did this, you know. Uh, people all over the place were saying, you know, he's innocent, like, look at all this evidence. And people, like, the system just didn't seem to care. And it's an amazing thing where it's like, you he would write a letter, or Brian Stevenson would write a letter, and it would take five months for that letter to be opened, even. You know, and that's like five more months of his life that he was sitting there waiting to hear about this, you know, and it just kept going on like that. Um, he had just has, like, he was very angry at the beginning, understandably. You know, like, he was very, very angry about what happened to him. But he quickly turned it around, and he has, like, a tremendous soul and an incredible outlook. And, he, you know, his spirit really comes through in this book. Um, he's incredibly forgiving. He also had an amazing mother. Um, she raised him uh, to be, you know, honest and proud. And, it, you know, she passed away while he was in jail. Um, it was It's very sad. Uh, but he's just, you read this book and it, I, like, I could never imagine. He, what he's trying to ask of readers is like, imagine that just one day someone shows up at your door and then this is how your life is going to be from now on. Like, and you haven't done anything. Um, and I couldn't imagine, you know, I couldn't imagine doing something like that. So, um, it's just, he's tr- like a tremendous human. Uh, so again, the book is called The Sun Does Shine, How I Found Life and Freedom on Death Row by Anthony Ray Hinton. Left, just keep on. We're going so many left turns, we're gonna just go in a square. Um, okay, my next pick is Goldie Vance Volume Four by uh, Hope Larson, Jackie Ball, and L. Power. And this is a comic book graphic novel, it collects the 13th through 16th issues. Um, and it came out, depending on who you ask, it's out now, <laughs> it is out. The actual publication date is different for, like, when they send it to comic book stores and when they send it to bookstores. So, I didn't quite know what week to like talk about this one on like which show but I'm doing it now because it is it's definitely out by now it came out in May at some point um so I this is the fourth volume of a comic which you know why am I talking about the fourth volume because you should go get the first one and the second and the third and read them all and then read the fourth one uh in general Goldie Vance is a comic about a a young girl she's a teenager I don't want to say she's 16 she's at least 16 because she drives um she's a teenager she lives in the 60s in Florida in a uh with she works with her dad in a resort called The Crossed Palms, I think, uh, in the 60s. And she solves mysteries. Like, the resort has an in-house detective to help people, you know, if they lose their luggage or somebody, or they get robbed or, you know, their kid goes missing on the resort property or whatever. They have an in-house detective to help solve those mysteries. And Goldie is his assistant. Except she inevitably ends up doing things like chasing down the KGB (laughs) or, like, trying to figure out who's sabotaging a, a racetrack um, or a, a car that a friend of hers drives when she's participating in like a Formula One race. Um, and so it's all of these, it starts off as these small mysteries and then they turn into these big grand adventures. And Goldie is an amazing character. She's, this is essentially Nancy Drew, but if Nancy Drew were brown and a lesbian and existed in the movie Grease, I guess. Like that's, that's very much the vibe. She's also an amateur mechanic and is obsessed with fast cars and is forever like st- borrowing, quote unquote, stealing uh, the wealthy patrons of the resort's cars because she works as a valet also um, to like go, you know, help herself her mysteries sometimes just because they're fast and she wants to drive them. Um, her girlfriend is this adorable 
girl who works at a record store and is also like the local town DJ. And um, all of her sidekicks are funny and fascinating in their own way. Uh, of course, the, the actual detective at the hotel is her sidekick because he doesn't actually do much. Um, except, like, it's not in a situation where he takes the credit for her. He just like very much does not want to get involved with solving mysteries that involve the KGB. Um, but it's got that fun nostalgic thing uh, where it's still like the Cold War um, and all the clothes are really cute and the cars are amazing and the music that they talk about is great uh, and like the hairstyles are nice. It's just, yeah, Grease, but with murder sometimes and, and Nancy Drew and a teenager. They're all super fun. And every volume collects a different mystery arc that she's trying to solve. I don't know that, so it's not necessarily that you have to read the first three volumes to understand what's happening with the fourth, as long as you understand the background of who Goldie Vance is and like where she lives. Um, but you get a, you get a, a better feel, I think, for the development of the characters and for her relationship with her girlfriend if you start at the beginning. So I would start at the beginning. But if you don't, if you do just pick up volume four, it is an enclosed mystery. So like you're not going to miss out on any of the clues or the whodunits if you just read that one. So yeah, so that's Goldie Vance volume four by Hope Larson, Jackie Ball, and L. Power. I still need to read those. It's so fun. It's just I wanted. I need it to be like a movie, you know, because it's so it's so the it's so aesthetic. Like everything is about the hair and the clothes and the sun and like the the cat eye sunglasses and oh, it's great. Excellent. So earlier we were talking about spending our gift card at indie bookstores and the indie bookstore that I have never been to that would be at the top of my list if I got to visit them, which I still hope to someday would be Avid Bookstore in uh, Athens, Georgia. I've, I love them on social media. I love all the people who work there. I talk to them online. Um, and I've never been there, but I, I have purchased things over the internet. I was going to say over the phone, but that's not the thing that comes through my computer. Although they probably do now, too. Um, and one of the people who works there, who is amazing, is Will Walton. And he also happens to be an author. And he also happens to have an awesome book that is out today. It's called I Felt a Funeral in My Brain. And like I said, it's by Will Walton. Um, title comes from an Emily Dickinson poem. I know this because I Googled it. <laughs> I was like, that's an incredible title. What is it? So it's from an Emily Dickinson poem. Um, it's about a teenager named Avery. He's dealing with some very serious issues. He's grieving the loss of someone he was very close to. His mom is an alcoholic. Um, he has that to worry about. Um, he's, you know, worried, like, when she says, let's go for a drive, like, should she be driving, um, you know, or if she asks him to drive, then he knows that she's been drinking too much. Um, he also uh, has a best friend who lives next door named Luca, and he and Luca have decided that they want to have sex for the first time. They want it to be with each other because they're best friends and they're both gay and they think that it would be really special between them. Um, so he's trying to decide, like, if that's going to happen uh, and school has just ended. He has been given a stack of poetry books by his teacher because she knows that he loves to read and he's a, a beautiful poet. Um, and she thinks that he will enjoy these. So he's like reading Sylvia Plath and Anne Sexton and Frank O'Hara. The book is fragmented. Uh, it jumps between poetry and prose. And it also jumps between the past and the present. Uh, Walton asks a lot of readers. He asks that you trust him uh, to, to do this, to go back and forth and change, you know, the formats. But he pulls it off. It's, it makes it even more special when you read it. Um, it's just absolutely gorgeous and heartbreaking. You know, it's this beautiful story of loss and caring for yourself when you don't really have the guidance that you need. 
Um, and also the importance that music and poetry and art play in people's lives and how it can change your life or, you know, help you through hard times or, you know, get you through the day or the hour or the minute. Um, it's just, it's so lovely. And Will is such an awesome person. And you can just tell when you read his book. So again, it's called I Felt a Funeral in My Brain. And it's by Will Walton. I'm going to talk about our next sponsor. And it's us. Us. Hey, it's our own podcast, Annotated. Annotated is an audio documentary podcast series about books, language, and reading. Episodes range from about 15 to 25 minutes long and cover a whole range of bookish topics. Um, Some of our past episodes have covered how J.P. Morgan's personal librarian became the most glamorous librarian in the world, even as she was guarding a dangerous personal secret. There's also an episode about the completely wild story of how 1984 was written, uh, the George Orwell book, and how the CIA got involved with that. And an exploration of why we care so much as readers about the friggin' Oxford comma. And that episode starts with a love story. Maybe the nerdiest love story you're ever going to hear. So if you like podcasts like This American Life or Planet Money or 99% Invisible, then this is probably right up your alley. Um, So a few examples of some reviews from what people are saying about the show on Apple Podcasts. Um, Kristen A123 says, this podcast is everything I want in a bookish version of This American Life. A.K. Burke says, this podcast fills a gap in my listening life that I didn't even know was there. And from this excellently named reviewer, Otters and Puffins, Annotated is one of the most, (laughs) I know, Annotated is one of the most fascinating and informative podcasts I've ever come across. I can think of few shows that offer such a wonderful combination of information, storytelling, insight, and fun. Um, And our last episode what was it? The last one about it was about Agatha Christie and was called the 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 real Gone Girl or something like that. It was just it was it has a really great uh, Gillian Flynn title, um, and it is about that time that Agatha Christie disappeared uh, mysteriously for a couple of days. So go check that out. You can get annotated for free on Apple Podcasts or you know wherever else you get your podcasts. And thanks for sponsoring the show. Us, we're so generous. Yeah, us. <laughs> Okay, my turn again. My next pick, I went on such a wild goose chase looking for the for the release date for this, you guys. It changed several times. I'm pretty sure that it comes out today. Amazon says so. Goodreads has a different date, but I'm going to believe Amazon, even though they should have the same data because Amazon owns Goodreads, but whatever. I'm going to believe them. So this pick is so close to being the... Sh- can I say that word? So Let's close to sh- being... Okay, so close to being the sh- y'all don't even know <laughs> by Retta, who is the actress who plays Donna in Parks and Rec. Um, and so this is a kind of an essay collection slash memoir. Every chapter is about a different story. She's telling a different story in her life, and they all um, they encompass some elements of when she was younger in her childhood, mostly. Um, when she went to college, she has uh, her parents are Liberian, and she really like upsets them a bit when she abandons her plans to go to medical school after getting out of Duke and instead moves to Hollywood to start a a sitcom (laughs) Uh, because she wants, like her heroes are Lucille Ball and Roseanne and she really wants to have a sitcom named after her called Retta. Um, So there are different uh, chapters in each one is about a different aspect of, you know, like her rise to being famous, her experience in parks and recreation, fending off a horrible racist on Twitter. There's a really, really great one about how she really expertly stalks the entire cast of Hamilton. That if you go read the <laughs> reviews for this book on Goodreads, they're so good because so many people are like, I had never heard of Hamilton. And then I went out and I bought tickets as soon as I was done reading this book. So she is to be credited for a lot, apparently a lot of Hamilton ticket sales uh, since uh, you know people have started reading her book. Um, my favorite essay in the book is about when she was offered an audition for the role of 
Oh, what is her name? Is it Effie in Dreamgirls, uh, the movie that Beyonce was in and Jennifer Hudson eventually got the role. And she didn't get it because she chickened out of even auditioning. Like she just never went to the audition. And the way that she talks about how she was so nervous and scared of that level of success and the excuses that she came up with and like told herself for why she couldn't go uh, and do the audition. It's just really honest. And so much of the book reads like a um, like a bit, right? Like she's a comedian, who, oh no, like an award-winning comedian. She won Comedy Central stand-up competition. Um, she's so, so funny. And a lot of the essays, most of the essays read like that. But this one is, is like, it's, it's funny, but it's also honest and vulnerable in a way that I think some of the other ones aren't. Um, so that one was my favorite. But it's just, it's so many lulls, right? Like there's a, the part about her hitting on Michael Fassbender is just, uh, I love it so much. And, uh, you know, Donna is arguably the best character on Parks and Recreation. And Retta ha- Retta has lots to say about that. <laughs> so that is so close to being the, shh, y'all don't even know, by Retta. Excellent. I really want to read that. I had no idea that she was a stand-up comedian before... She is funny. My last pick is out in paperback today. It is American Kingpin, the epic hunt for the criminal mastermind behind Silk Road by Nick Bolton. And this was one of those crazy book serendipity things that I love where I kept hearing about this book. It's gotten 11 million great reviews. It was mentioned a bunch of times when it came out last year on all the end of year lists. Um, And I was like... I keep forgetting to write it down because I have a list of books like when I go to the bookstore and I'm like, I I keep forgetting to put it on that list. And so finally this one day I was like, I need to put this down on the list to buy this book. I need to read it. And the very next day I got a paperback copy in the mail and I was like, oh, the universe heard me. (laughs) It was amazing. I love those kind of stories about books and stuff. Like when you're talking about a subject and then like you get a book or someone mentions it or something. It's great. Anyway, uh, it's about... 26-year-old Ross Ulbricht. He was 26 in 2011 when he launched the Silk Road, which is basically the black market of the internet. It is the dark web. It's where people can get anything. Drugs, weapons, forged documents, counterfeit cash, just anything without government interference. Or they could. Uh, He started this thing and the government was like, well, hey, we don't know, we're not prepared to deal with this, or, or how fast it's growing, or what we're supposed to do. Um, and Ross was, like, just doing everything. He he became super rich, super fast. He had, like, over a billion dollars. And nobody knew who he was. He called himself the Dread Pirate Roberts. <laughs> and the government was just like, we don't even know where to start with this. Uh, and the Fed searched and searched and searched for him to find out who he was, and then to find him, like, as his power and his ego grew, he had this very loyal group of subjects who themselves, you know, were either into these kinds of illegal activities or, you know, were all about sticking it to the government, and they were all about making money, so they were very loyal to him. Uh, But he just kind of got out of control, including trying to put a hit out on one of his former employees. But it took them two years to find him, to, like, that's... Like, you'd think, like... These things are coming from a computer somewhere. It should be easy, but it was not. And uh, it's just completely bananas, and it was every bit as exciting and strange and awesome as I had heard it was. Uh, So again, it's called American Kingpin, The Epic Hunt for the Criminal Mastermind Behind Silk Road by Nick Bolton. All right. Bring it home. Huh? Bring it home. Okay, I, I shall. 
So my last pick is Valley Girls by Sarah Nicole Lemon, which came out on the 8th of May. Um, Sarah Nicole Lemon wrote Dundert Cheap, which I have just raved about since it came out. Um, But this story is not about that book, so let me move on. Um, Valley (laughs) Girls is is about a 17-year-old girl named Rilla who is – I'm using scare quotes here, troubled, right? Like she's a troubled teen. Um, she lives in a like no count town in West Virginia on the wrong side of the tracks. I mean, you live on the wrong side of the tracks in a town that is already no count in a state that everybody has stereotypes and cliches about. Um, you get a little hard. So she's a very hard kind of girl. And she comes from a very untraditional family. Her parents are polyamorous. And so she's dealt with a lot of crap uh, from other kids about that. And she's dating um, like a worthless dude. And they get into a fight, like a physical fight. And her parents send her away. They send her to Yosemite National Park to live with her sister, her older sister, who is a park ranger there. And the idea here is for her to, you know, get out of West Virginia, get away from these bad influences, go live in nature for a while with her sister who has her life together, finish school out there and kind of get it together um, a little bit. And she is into it. Like she's, she doesn't want to go and she's sad about leaving her friends and all that, but she really does want to make up for having screwed something up and create like a stable life and not be a, not be like a thorn in her sister's side. But she's 17 (laughs) and she's really kind of self-obsessed and, um, messes up almost immediately. She gets arrested her first night that she's in Yosemite. uh, And that is really her rock bottom. And then after that, she becomes, she joins like a group, she kind of accidentally, not ingratiates herself is not the right word, but she befriends sort of, a group of climbers and becomes close to them. They're a very close-knit group of people who are in Yosemite specifically to mountain climb. Uh, And she convinces one of them to teach her how to do it and is terrified the first time and then realizes it's kind of addictive. And so then she spends the rest of her summer working odd jobs, saving up money, um, trying to not get arrested again for stuff, uh, and teaching, uh, being taught by these new friends how to climb. And she also experiences, like, her first love. And But the, the thing that I really love about this book is that, first of all, you don't get many YA novels or any novels about young women being athletic in any form. So that, I think, is excellent. Um, also, it's about a sport that I know nothing about. Like, I don't know anything at all about mountain climbing. Uh, like, the equipment names made no sense to me at first and like the way they have to tie knots she goes she goes on this like multi-day climb climbing this cliff face in yosemite where you never leave your harness for days like you have to pee in the air (laughs) and do everything else in the air and it was just so mind-boggling like people do this for fun that is so nuts and like cool you're thousands of feet off the ground that that sounds terrifying (laughs) to me i don't know i don't know but the process Um, through which she doesn't become, like, a better person. You know, like, Rilla, she grows up a little bit over the summer, um, but she doesn't change entirely who she is. The thing that she does is she realizes through the physical challenges of being good at climbing, she realizes the strengths that she always has, right? So, like, she realizes that she is physically strong and that she can do things with her body that she can be proud of, um, other than beating the crap out of her boyfriend. And she realizes that she is determined and that she is, like, what she's always interpreted as her flaws, like stubbornness and pride, are the things that are going to help her succeed at this particular thing, um, which she has discovered that she's passionate about. So, it's, you know, she doesn't become like a less hard person. She doesn't become like a suddenly a sweet, whatever, 
demure 17-year-old. She's still the same character, but she realizes all these wonderful things about herself and how to really hone those parts of her personality into achieving something as opposed to destroying things, which I, I don't know. I just hadn't really read anything like that as, al- alongside, you know, peeing in a harness. That was also a new reading <laughs> experience. New reading experience for me. Um, so, yeah, so that's Valley Girls by Sarah Nicole Lemon. And that's it. Well, what are you going to read next? Ah, um, cool. I was unprepared. <laughs> unprepared for this question. Well, I just bought at um, the bookstore today. Um, so, oh, gosh, something about something about a midwife. <laughs> Man. Oh, you got me. Okay, you know what? I'll tell you another one. I went to the library um, last week, and I picked up Freshwater, and I don't remember the name of the author, uh, but it takes place in Nigeria, and it has that two-headed snake on the cover. Everyone's going to – there are so many booksellers out there. Someone tell me the name of this author. You can't You can't talk to me right now. I, I know the author. I cannot – I've never pronounced her name out loud, so I'm not and going to And it's, like, pretend. in the kitchen, so I can't go get it and yeah, read it, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Um I don't know anything about this book except that it was super, super buzzy and a lot of the insiders had really divided opinions about it. Like some people loved it. Some people thought it was super, super weird. And I think that that's a thing that I need to read. So Freshwater is what I'm reading next by an author whose name I can't remember and I'm sorry. (laughs) What about you? Uh, I actually saw the third book in this series on Kiersey Logan's Instagram the other day. So I went ahead and got the first book. Kiersey Logan being the author of the amazing book, The Grace Keepers, which I absolutely love. Uh, This might be a series for you. The first book is called Beloved Poison. It is set in a, and now I'm reading the blurb, set in a crumbling 1850s London infirmary, a richly, richly atmospheric Victorian crime novel where murder is the price to be paid for secrets kept. So, yeah, and it, it's called the Gem Flockhart series, and it just sounds fabulous. The second one is called Dark Asylum, and the third one is called The Blood. <laughs> you have to say it like that, right? Like, you can't yeah. say that yep. title like a normal, with no, a normal it's voice. it's just so good. Oh, so, God. that's what I'm going to read this weekend. Um, this long Memorial Day weekend. I'm so In which excited. you and I will still be doing work on Monday. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> All right. Well, that is all for today. Thank you to our sponsors, Penguin Random House Audio. Visit tryaudiobooks.com slash bookriot for a free audiobook download of Blood Kiss by J.R. Ward now. And to Annotated, our BR podcast, you can get Annotated for free on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts. And you can find a link to it in our show notes if you want to get in through there. And also, I want to remind you, bookriot.com slash bookstore 500 to enter to win a $500 gift certificate to the bookstore of your choice. Do that by June 21st. If you want to tell us things, you can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com. You can find us on Twitter. I am Miss Liberty. Amanda is I'm Amanda Nelson. Uh, you can also go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or review. It helps other book lovers to find us. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, we just don't have the time. Like, we always say that, but, like, really, it's like, we just really want to start reading again. You know, we need to get back to reading. Um, but you can find out about more titles out now in our show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. So in the meantime, happy, happy reading. reading.